you know, it's kind of odd coming off of that ad, which um, I didn't really think it out too much. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, when I did the, <laughs> recorded that ad, I was thinking that they were going to play it through during other people's podcasts, not at the beginning of my own, not really sure what would lead me to think something that stupid, but that stupid I did think. Um, Coincidentally or not, once I started putting those ads up, my listen rate dropped, Um, so I don't know if people just didn't want to sit through a commercial or they felt I was selling out. And if you're worried about me selling out, please know, I get like a penny for every time someone listens. So, yeah, I sold out, but not for a very lot of money. You know, so hopefully, you know, within a year of doing this, I can buy a Lucy. That'll help me cut down smoking. I'm kidding, I don't smoke. So, anyhow, I do have a hiatus coming up. I can't exactly tell you when or really how long because I've recorded a bunch of these in a row to help try to cover some of the hiatus when I can't record. So I don't know. With any luck, I'll manage to cover it completely. But if I'm gone for a while, that's why. So on the off chance you don't know, Welcome back to Velvet Owl Reviews Movies. Not Reviews Movies. Velvet Owl Watches Movies so you don't have to. And this week we're doing Jaws The Revenge. Which I think I may have seen it at some point when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I saw all the Jaws movies. But I don't remember them except for the first one. Which, you know, I've watched 50 billion times as an adult. And watched all the documentaries and read pretty much any book I could find, any article I can, because it's such a fucking amazing film, and the making of is just as an interesting story as the film itself. The sequels, not so much, I guess. That's what everyone says, and I'm inclined to believe them. However, Jaws the Revenge, I'm glad it exists just for the sole reason of the awesome Michael Caine quote, which I didn't bother to look up, so it's probably more a paraphrase, but I have not seen the movie, even though by all accounts it's terrible, but I have seen the house that the movie bought, and it is quite wonderful. And that is just like the fucking greatest quote of all time. And I also love the fact that he missed accepting his Oscar so that he could film this movie. That's true dedication. That man is an artist. So I imagine he still has not seen Jaws Do Revenge. So Michael Caine, this one is dedicated to you. If you happen to be listening, here's your chance to know what happens without having to watch the movie yourself. I might try to time this so that it happens on Shark Week that the episode comes out. Or you can wait till Shark Week next year if I miss it and just listen to it then. So we're starting off. You got your usual, uh, the opening credits from the point of view of the shark. He's swimming around and he seems kind of bored. Which is not a good sign for this movie if the shark is bored right off the bat. That means this audience is going to be bored. I mean, we're being asked to see things from the point of view of the shark. And if he's bored, that means I'm bored. That'd be kind of cool if the rest of the film was just from the point of view of the shark. Because I'm rooting for him. Then we get the family of Roy Scheider, Chief Brody, who's dead. Uh, I don't know if it happened, like, in between one of the films or if he actually gets eaten in one of the films. I don't even know if he did get eaten. Maybe they'll tell me. Maybe they won't. Honestly, I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, he got eaten by a shark. And so his family, 
his w- lovely wife and his lovely son, who's now grown up to be the cop of the town. They're cooking dinner, and it's Christmas time. And so, you know, maybe I should watch Santa Jaws instead. But I already saw Santa Jaws, and that kind of goes against the theme of this podcast of watching films I haven't seen. Then again, I'm pretty sure I've seen Jaws the Revenge, but I don't remember it, so it kind of counts. But if you want a Christmas-themed shark movie, Santa Jaws is the one to go with. And the movie starts off with a old fucking bait-and-switch, because cop son... He's at the precinct, he's about to leave, but he gets a call that he has to go and stop some kids from tipping cows. Yes, there's a cow tipping call. And I think to myself, oh, that's actually fucking awesome. I want to see a deal with the cop trying to stop the cow tipping, and hopefully the cow's already been tipped over. And maybe I misheard, but I don't think so. Because where he goes, no cow tipping. He gets on a boat. And is going in the lake, which, you know, I still had hopes, and that actually got my hopes even higher. Like, okay, the cow got tipped into the water, which would be fucking awesome. Um, note to self for the film I make, cow gets tipped in the water. But now, it's a buoy. Not boobies, buoy. And it's kind of tipped over with a log, so he's going to untip the buoy from the log but dun 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 except we don't get the dun 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 do i have to pay royalties on doing that is the jaws theme in public domain yet it should be everyone does it but i guess it's not at least at the time of this film because they didn't use it but i'm sure they will because it does mention in the credits that the jaws theme is by john williams so but he's trying to get this log free when suddenly a big rubber shark jumps out. No, seriously, this thing looks like just pure rubber. Like, they didn't even try. They didn't... Not only did they not have a budget, like... You know, Spielberg, you couldn't, like, let them borrow the shark from the first one. I mean, granted, that shark had so much problems. Pure fucking diva actor. (laughs) So they probably couldn't use it. It probably fell apart by then. But so big rubber shark jumps out, eats his arm and eats half the boat. And no one can hear him scream because they're all too busy singing Yuletides and Jingle Bells and Christmas carols and what have you. Which in a good movie, this would be the setup for now, like his mom to just completely hate Christmas and go on a killing spree because everyone was too busy singing Christmas carols instead of saving his son, her son. You know, that's... You know, they should have just turned Jaws to Revenge into Friday the 13th. Just a Christmas-themed variation on Friday the 13th. That could have been a good film. And they could have also added some cow tipping. You know, I used to have this theory that any movie can instantly be improved by throwing ninjas. I'm going to name... I'm going to put an addendum to that theory. Any movie can be improved by putting in a scene of cow tipping. Mama Brody has to identify the body, and now she's all sad and depressed, and so the rest of the family comes to visit her to try to cheer her up, or maybe they're just coming up for Christmas. I don't know. But the little grandma or granddaughter girl says, Uncle Bobby, or whatever his name was. Jeez, I heard it like 20 seconds ago and I already forgot it. Is it because this movie sucks or do I just have a really bad time with short-term memory? A little of column A, a little of column B. But the little girl asks, he's dead. When's he coming back? So apparently her parents have taught her the word dead, but haven't fully, like, explained what that means. So why not just, like, why not a lie of, like, oh, well, he's on a farm upstate. What? Your uncle's dead. What does that mean? 
He's on a farm upstate. Mama Brody is convinced that the shark was waiting for her son. Which, this is now her other son that's visiting. So, I don't remember. Did he have two kids? Did the second kid pop up in one of the sequels? I feel like there was only one kid in the first film. Now now I feel like everyone's thinking I'm a liar about watching Jaws 50 million times because I don't remember if there was one kid or two kids. But come on, who cared about the kids in that film? It was all about, like, sharks eating people. But the question is, like, the shark was waiting for him. So the shark, like, specifically was going to kill the sun cop. What shark was this? Because the shark in the first Jaws is dead. Like, they blew him up. So... And I'm assuming that the sharks in 2 and 3 also got killed. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen them. But... So... I mean, now are all these sharks related? Or is this current shark related to one of the ones from the first three films? Like a big family? Um, You know, it's kind of like this nightmare I have that I don't like to kill spiders because I'm worried that one day that spider's family will then, like, come after me. At least one of them will decide that they have to avenge that spider's death and they're going to come for me. And that's why you also shouldn't kill sharks because... Apparently their family is going to come for you. Although we're just assuming family at this point. Or at least I'm assuming family. Um, It could be a friend. It could be his best friend. They made a pact when they were younger that if one of them were to die, the other one had to go and avenge their death. That's equally likely in the world of sharks. So the son thinks it's crazy to think that, you know, the shark was out there for revenge and, you know, because there's no such thing as voodoo, which, I mean, he's jumping to the idea of voodoo. So was this like in Jaws 3? Like, was there a voodoo priest or something? Did they put a voodoo curse on them that the sharks were going to come after them and kill them all? And, you know, son's trying to convince her, like, everything's going to be okay because He lives near warm water, and sharks don't like warm water, which I'm sure we're going to learn that this shark is okay with warm water, because he's under a voodoo spell, and he's coming for you. And at the funeral, the priest is reading the lyrics to Turn, Turn, Turn by the birds, which, okay, the lyrics really are a Bible verse, but, you know, ever since the birds just decided, hey... We don't have to think up lyrics ourselves, and Bible's public domain, so we don't have to pay any royalties, unlike Mr. Tambourine Man, that we have to pay royalties to Bob Dylan. They decided, let's just rip off the Bible. And I think since then, priests should just not use that, unless they're going to, you know, sing it. To everything, turn, turn, turn. I have to pay royalties, so I'm going to stop singing it. Ha! 30-second rule. I don't know if there's a 30-second rule. But luckily, with only like two people listening to this podcast, I don't think the birds will know. I don't think they'll ever find out. Has anyone done a parody of the birds where instead of like, actual birds it's the band the birds attacking note to self this is a this is a parody i will work on it i won't but it's a good idea and so it's decided that mama brody is gonna go move in with the kids at the bahamas or some shit which i guess the bahamas have warm water um yeah I don't know if they're not explaining things or I'm not paying attention. More likely, I'm not paying close enough attention. But um, for some reason, they're being flown on a private plane by Michael fucking... I skipped the Oscars to be in this because I get a nice house out of the deal. Kane. And you know what? Kudos to Michael Kane. 
Because he seems like he's enjoying himself in this film. He's not, it's not one of those, like, bored out of my mind, Richard Dreyfus. I'm just here for the paycheck type jobs. No, he's like, I'm going to give this movie my all. So I don't know if he read the script and was like, this seems like this is going to be a good movie. Or if he went, by God, they paid for Michael Caine. They are getting Michael motherfucking Caine. Unfortunately, the movie decides that Michael Caine should not be in every scene. And so he's gone and they catch a limo ride into... Well, it looks like a very dilapidated ghetto area of the Bahamas. I guess not all the Bahamas could be like tourist traps. The real Bahamas is a tragic place. And so the granddaughter wants to go play in the water, but, you know, Mama Brody goes insane over this, like, oh no, get out of the water. (laughs) Okay, she didn't make those noises, but, you know, I think, like, every script should be given to me first, and the scriptwriter should just say, okay, what can you do to fix it? And I... And I would look at scenes like this and be like, she should yell, and then go tip a cow. See, Hollywood, this isn't hard. And so her son then shows her a sculpture that he's been commissioned to make for the beach, which just looks like he, you know, threw away Mama Brody's tuition money on being an artist like what the fuck this thing looks horrible but mama brody is kind of scared because you know if you squint and tilt your head 32 degrees it could kind of maybe sort of look like a shark but of course mama brody's all fucked in the head right now about sharks so i think everything's gonna look like a shark to her like if someone were to like whip out a penis at her right now She'd see the cock and be like, shark. At least she would in my version. God, I could have probably written a much better Jaws 4. You know, Hollywood, call me up. Jaws 5. We're on it. Crazy woman that goes, at the sight of cock and some tipping of cows. And, of course, Michael Caine. And then Mama Brody goes for a swim because she's a bitch, like won't let other people go in the water. But she goes for a swim and wouldn't you know it, oh, she gets attacked by the rubber shark. It was just all a nightmare, which is just going to strengthen her belief that she shouldn't go swimming or anyone should go swimming because the fucking rubber shark will be there. No relation to land shark. Meanwhile, Brody Jr. I don't know if that's his name, but he's Brody Jr., I don't feel like figuring out what his name was. He's a marine biologist or something, so he's doing, like, diving to go look at crabs or something. Which, you know, you want some crabs? Go look at my crotch. That was awful. I apologize. So, but he's the head marine biologist, and but also on the team is Mario Van Peebles, and quite possibly one of the worst... Jamaican accents and I feel like Mario Van Peebles you know like Michael Caine he looked into the script said you know what they hired Mario Van Peebles they are getting the full fucking Mario Van Peebles experience except this movie is kind of shitty so I'm just gonna do the shittiest Jamaican accent and we're gonna go with it and have fun and my lord you know what a lot of people shit on this movie but so far, I think the main problem was that this movie just wasn't the Michael Caine and Mario Van Peebles in a fake Jamaican accent show. Because they have been wonderful. As wonderful as Michael Caine's house. So since it's Christmas Eve, it's time to start opening presents. Except it's still like full fucking daylight out. And I've never been to the Bahamas, so I don't know. Is it just daylight Till the end of time? I mean, come on. It's got to start getting dark around at least 8 or 9, right? And you can wait till 8 or 9 to start opening presents. 
Well, there's the little girl, so she probably has to go to bed at 8. So, yeah, I guess early Christmas present opening. And the little girl, she starts asking questions about the dead uncle. Just innocent questions, like if he ever got spanked. But, you know, no one wants to talk about the dead uncle because he's dead. And so they turn the subject to, like, this horrible, like, Hawaiian shirt that Mario Van Peebles... By the way, Mario Van Peebles and his wife or girlfriend, whoever, have been invited to Christmas present opening. Because I guess he's part of the family, you know? And so he gives them this, like... He gave Brody Jr. this really horrible Hawaiian shirt and tells him, May your sex life be as busy as this shirt. Mind you, in front of, like, the fucking six-year-old girl. What if she asks questions about that? Like, how are they going to explain that one? Uh, humana, 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 um, upstate farm? While everyone sings Christmas carols, Mama Brody again tries to convince Brody Jr. to give up his work, but he won't because, you know, it's too important studying snails and crabs or whatever there is they're studying. It's too important, and no one can, else can do it but him. But, you know, she suspects that there's danger lurking in the waters, and in order to underscore her point, boom, boom, we get a close-up shot of the rubber shark who's swimming somewhere. Probably close by. And then to completely, you know, undercut it, we then see Mama Brody on the beach by the water, building a sandcastle with the granddaughter. And I get it, you know, the little girl doesn't understand. She doesn't know what dead means. And she had to hear about her parents' sex life being... I've already forgotten what the joke about the sex life was. Um, oh yeah, the sex life was busier than the Hawaiian shirt. You know, she has to deal with that, but she doesn't understand that there's a shark out there coming for them. So Grandma Brody just has to help build the sandcastle right at the edge of the water. But, hooray! Michael Caine has reappeared, swimming his boat. And he promises that he's gonna, well... Mama Brody just goes off and rambles on her crazy talks, but he will fly her somewhere in exchange for money. Meanwhile, Brody Jr. and fake Jamaican Mario Van Peebles are having an argument because they just don't have enough money to continue on with the research. And Mario Van Peebles wants to take money from this company to research something. I missed what it was he wants to research, but Brody Jr. is like, no, we got to continue researching the snails or crabs or whatever. I don't know. All I know is that there's arguments. Mario Van Peebles wants to sell out and go for the money, and Brody Jr. is just too much integrity and wants to continue researching whatever they're researching. And Michael Caine shows Mama Brody how easy it is to fly a plane. And... I bet John Denver and JFK Jr. thought the same thing. Oh, it's so easy to fly a plane. That might be one of my most tasteless jokes. But don't worry, folks. I can make more tasteless. I can go even further in depravity. But so, meanwhile, well, Michael Caine takes Mama Brody to a festival... Because he's probably planning on trying to get into her pants. Which, go for it, Michael Caine. Remember, you could be getting an Oscar right now, but instead, you're on the Bahamas. Get into Mama Brody's pants. Show her that house you're buying with that Jaws money. Meanwhile, Brody Jr. and his expedition are out in the middle of the sea or somewhere. And fake Jamaican Mario Van Peebles, he's in his like little... It looks like a little, like, spaceship type thing, but underwater. And he thinks he's hit the mother load, because there's just a lot of seashells. Because I guess this expedition is for seashells. And I'm not joking, he said that they hit the mother load. And the only thing I see on the fucking ocean is seashells. So they must be, like, going for seashells to sell them by the seashore. Where's Sally? 
but dun 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 and still no jaws theme what the fuck you know we've had like the rubber shark show up oh by the way spoiler alert the rubber shark showed up but i keep wanting that we get the jaws theme but we don't and the jaws theme is listed in the credits so they must use it at some point in this film but the rubber shark jumps up and starts chewing on the main boat and everyone's scared and Mama Brody gets a bad feeling because, I don't know, maybe she has like a psychic link to this shark and or a psychic link to her son. A psychic link to someone. She can sense that there's trouble, but she's just going to brush it away because she doesn't want people to think she's crazy, especially Michael Caine, because I think she's going to let Michael Caine into her pants. So she just goes on, pretends to be having a good time and party. On the ship, they're wondering why the shark just completely bypassed Mario Van Peebles. And it seemed almost like, you know, he was going for the white boy, the one white boy on the ship. Is it because the shark is after revenge on the Brody family? Or is the shark just racist? They don't explore either option. The crew just thinks it's weird. Um, I'm voting for the shark as racist. You know, he is a great white shark. And, although actually if he was racist, then he would be eating the black people, wouldn't he? So yeah, I guess we just have to go with the out for revenge theory. But, so... Mario Van Peebles is all excited because they're going to get to study a shark, a great white shark now, and that's going to surely bring money in. But Brody Jr. wants them not to say anything to his mom because, I mean, obviously she's going to get, like, all worried that there's a shark and the shark's going to eat the other kid and all the Brody men will have been eaten by sharks. Um, except uh, Roy Scheider wasn't eaten by a shark. Apparently he just had a heart attack, which Mama Brody is convinced because he knew the shark was going to come back for them. Could happen. I don't know. I wasn't there for the sequels, so maybe they had this conversation. Like, oh, honey, that shark's going to come and get me. Oh, oh, Elizabeth! Elizabeth! I'm just all over the place here, aren't I? Um, I'm just wondering, are they going to hide the ship? from Mama Brody then? Because how do you explain that, you know, your ship now has a big hunk of it just bitten off? Um, no, it was a Kraken. It was an octopus. It, it was a hammerhead shark, so obviously it's not Jaws or his family. It was a completely different shark. Everything's okay. It's nighttime, all dark and rainy, and Michael Caine has finally brought Mama Brody home. Brody Jr., he's worried. You know, even though his wife tells him, you know, don't be worried. Here, let's bang to get your mind off of it. Don't worry about Mama Brody. But, you know what? He is well in the right to be worried, because Mama Brody, she's not just wet from the rain. That Michael Caine charm is just a real fucking panty dropper. I'd drop my panties for him. I would put on panties just so that I could drop them for him. That's that's his charm. But, you know, where was I going with that? It, he seems like a perfect gentleman, and he just drops her off at her house and leaves, because we all know that they banged in the plane. At least I know it. It's New Year's Eve, and the Brodies and Mario Van Peebles have gone to the casino to celebrate. And who's there but Michael Caine? Uh, and he's fucking big roller. He's betting it all on red. And... Wait, no, not... He's, he's not playing roulette, he's playing craps. So I don't know what he's betting on. But he's betting it all, and then... Snake Eyes. He loses it all. But that's okay, because even though he's unlucky at the craps table, you know he's definitely going to get lucky with Mama Brody. And Brody Jr., he's not too happy about it, but, you know, Mama Brody tells him, like, you know, you gotta, he's got to let her be, 
because, you know, she's not going to bother him about his work anymore because she realizes she's being crazy with this idea that the shark is intentionally coming for them. Side note, the shark is intentionally coming for them. So, but he says he's going to be okay with it because you know what? Once Michael Caine has his sights on your mom, there's just no fighting it. You just sit back and go, Okay, Michael Caine, will you be my new dad? Now, the next day, Mario Van Peebles... I'm assuming the next day. I don't know, could be like weeks after. Hard to tell. But on a different day, Mario Van Peebles is trying to convince Brody Jr. that they should go study the shark. At least for a few days, you know. The snails will always be there, and come on, sharks are more exciting than snails. And despite the fake Jamaican accent, I do have to agree with Mario Van Peebles. Just, why are you studying snails? I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's important that snails also get study. The whole ecosystem and all that jazz, but... Shark in the Bahamas, you know? You're, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Who cares if the shark is particularly, specifically targeting you? In fact, that makes it even better. You know, not just a paper on a shark in the Bahamas. A, shark, a paper on a shark that has specifically targeted an individual and has flo- swam all the way to the Bahamas. Come on, this is like the greatest paper in the history of papers. So he does convince Brody Jr. that, you know, for a few days, they'll chase the shark, see what they can learn, and then back to boring old snails. And then Brody Jr. has an argument with his wife because he forgot to take out the trash, and, you know, we've all been there. So this film's so super relatable. And then they bang because... She looks really hot in her welder's outfit, and once again, this film is not un- not very relatable. I mean, okay, you know what? Yeah, she does look hot as a welder because there there is a sexiness to welding, um, as anyone who's seen Flashdance can attest to. I don't know if I've ever actually seen Flashdance, so I'm just going to take the word of whoever thinks that welders are sexy, which is apparently Brody Jr., who he won't, you know, admit it, but I'm sure he saw Flashdance, got a chubby, and now he's going to bang his wife. So they get on the ship and go off to find the shark, and they start throwing some chum in the water, despite having much better bait in the form of Brody Jr., but... The rubber shark does appear. He takes the bait. He eats the chum, um, which I think is just like a deplucked chicken or something. I don't know. They went to the butcher shop. Like, yeah, it's like it seems like it's a whole chicken. I even I would go for it, really. That, you know, trapping jaws and trapping velvet owl. So many similarities. But Mario Van Peebles manages to stab it, and the rubber shark goes back into the water and drowns or something. I don't know. Like, just... I mean, I think he stabbed him with some sort of tracking device to track him. Um, and I don't think he, uh, the rubber shark has drowned. But it has got me thinking of, you know, what does happen when sharks die? Like, you know, you know how, like, fish, when they die, they float up to the top of the ocean. Does that happen with sharks? Um, and I'm not trying to be funny. This is just kind of like a curiosity thing that I could go on Google and find out. But I'm not going to, because my curiosity is not that peaked. And then back at the resort, or wherever it is, Michael Caine is just smooth macking and putting on the full Michael Caine charm and... He starts making out with Mama Brody because it's Michael Caine. If he put on the charm, I probably would have no choice but to make out with him. He's an Academy Award winner. I'm telling you, like seriously, anyone else would have probably taken this job for the paycheck 
and it would show because you can always tell when an actor's just there for the paycheck and it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Bill Murray, Ghostbusters 2. But Michael Caine, he's just full on. I mean, it's probably just effortless because he is Michael fucking Caine to just put on the charm. But he didn't have to put on the charm, but he did anyways. I'm telling you, he earned the house that Jaws 4 bought. Brody Jr. and Mario Van Peebles are on the boat and they're chasing after the rubber shark. And Brody Jr. just wants to talk about how upset he is that Michael Caine is macking it to his mom. Which, again, it's Michael Caine, dude! Just let it go. Just accept the fact that Michael Caine is going to be your new daddy. It just happens. We've all been there. I think at least 23% of the population have had to deal with the fact that Michael Caine was momentarily their daddy. And Mario Van Peebles is getting upset because he wants to focus on the shark, which they lose track of the shark, even though whatever technology he's got that has like an oscillator that's supposed to track. But I do want to mention Mario Van Peebles' shirt, which is like, this yellow shirt that says same shit every day or same shit different day. It's hard to get like a good look at it, but the I and shit is crossed out and there's an O and then in between same shit, someone wrote old and I can't tell if it's an actual design of the shirt or if Mario Van Peebles, this character has supposedly just gone and drawn on it. Or even Mario Van Peebles just himself was like, you know, I don't like this. It's going to become same old shot. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And the director's like, well, we've already blown the budget on buying Michael Caine's house. So whatever, we can't afford to buy a shirt. Mama Brody is all excited because she got to make out with Michael Caine, which we'd all be excited Meanwhile, Brody Jr. is having nightmares of the rubber shark, and I'm not sure what frightens him more, the rubber shark or Michael Caine becoming his new daddy. And then we get a pointless scene where Brody Jr. is playing with his daughter, and I don't know, maybe the director thought, like, you know, it would show that he's a loving father and get you to really care about him, but really it just feels like they're padding out some time, which... I do the same. And then we finally, finally get to hear the Jaws theme. Except it's being hummed or sung or something by Mario Van Peebles. He's like just literally the don 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 while Brody Jr. is going underneath the sea to check on his snails and crabs and whatnot. Because Mario Van Peebles, like, you know... He'd rather go looking for the shark again than, you know, deal with snails. So, but my question is, why does he know the Jaws theme? Like, is this, is there a movie, like, in the Jaws universe about the events of the first Jaws film? And it uses that score, and so he just wants to taunt Brody Jr. Don, 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 don. Which actually would have made this film, like, a lot cooler if there actually was, like, a Jaws film inside of it. But not, like, Scream, how Scream had Shriek, or whatever. Like, you know, Scream just got way too into itself and just had, like, way too meta and just being too much about itself. So maybe it's good that there isn't a Jaws film in the Jaws universe. But still, how is Mario... Why is Mario Van Peebles singing the dun-dun, dun-dun theme? Why? Unfortunately for Brody Jr., the rubber shark has arrived. And they try to warn him, because they see it on the oscillator, that the rubber shark is back. So he jumps into his little diving ship and tries to get away. But then the rubber shark starts chomping on it and eating away it at it like it was just cardboard because I'm pretty sure the ship was made out of cardboard because, again, budget problems. You know, you know, this movie might have been able to... 
have a decent budget if they didn't spend so much of it on Michael Caine's house. But, you know, you want Michael Caine, you got to pony up. So Brody Jr. escapes from the diving ship and he's like swimming as fast as he can to get away from the rubber shark. But the rubber shark is just zoned in on him, coming straight for him. And it's kind of making me think how in Twister, there was a scene where Helen Hunt talks about how the tornado was like skipping every house and coming straight for her. Because, I mean, a shark coming straight for you and only you is more believable than a tornado like zoning in on you and deciding you're the one I'm going to kill. But I think that's how the two combined and we got Sharknado. But, so, there's a lot of, like, just ridiculousness, and I think they snuck in some stock footage of a real shark swimming to try to fool you. Didn't fool me. I know you got a rubber shark. And Brody Jr. makes it alive. He escapes, and he's back on the ship. Brody Jr. can't sleep that night because he's still just thinking about the shark. And... The shark must have gotten him at some point because he's got his arm bandaged. There's bleeding and, you know, his wife is just sleeping next to him and not fucking concerned about the fact that he has like a probably a huge gash on his arm. It's bandaged up like, you know, even if he wasn't hiding the fact that they were after a shark. Um, just... Actually, it makes it worse that you're hiding the fact that you're not hiding the fact that you're after a shark. Because then they're going to question, where did that gash come from? Why is no one concerned? I want to know how he explained this. Like, oh, this, um, yeah, those snails, they get kind of testy. Just, just why? I want to know. You can't leave me hanging. Maybe I need to find a novelization of this. Maybe it's explained in the book of what he did to make sure his family's not concerned about the fact that he's got a gash in his arm and he's bleeding and just... I I wouldn't know. Michael Caine, help me. I mean... I mean, if it was Michael Caine with the gash in his arm, I could believe that, you know, he just sweet-talked everyone, and they're like, yeah, he's okay. Nope, no shark whatsoever. Yeah, probably snails. Because Michael Caine could pull it off. He's got charm. Brody Jr., he's just a fucking wooden statue. And... But no, really! How is he hiding this... His mom's going to see and go, oh, no, I was right that the shark is after you. Come on, we're leaving. Next day, Brody Jr. goes diving again, even though Mario Van Peebles is trying to tell him it might not be a good idea. But no, Brody Jr., because he's fucking terrified of going back into the water. So he's got to face his fear right away, which I mean, kudos for him. You know, he could just be sitting around and having PTSD and like a normal person just be like maybe this isn't a good idea and take time for himself but if we if he did that we wouldn't have a movie so thank you Brody Jr. that for the sake of this movie you are gonna traumatize yourself even further and almost right away he gets scared because he's attacked by Moray Eel that then goes swimming off. I don't know. Do eels attack? Like, do they, I mean, is it one of those things they just kind of scare you and then swim away because they're more scared of you than you're scared of it? Because, I'll tell you, that thing is fucking scary looking. And it was a real one. Stock footage of a real moray eel. No, they didn't go and build a rubber eel. They're like... You know, that's just not in the budget. We bought Michael Caine a house. So someone just record an image off TV. Get Jacques Cousteau. Okay, there's a shot of an eel. We're just going to 
splice it in. Back at the beach, there are uh, Mrs. Brody's art sculpture thing that she was working on earlier is being presented for something I don't really fully understand, and I'm sorry to say it, maybe I just don't understand art, but it is a fucking ugly sculpture. Like, really, like, Bahamas guy, you couldn't, like, commission something that looked good? But, meanwhile, um, the little girl, she wants to go riding on the banana boat. And, you know, Mom Brody and Mrs. Brody, they're like, oh, sure, you know, go ahead, some of your friends are there. Now, to anyone who knows anything and seen the first Jaws or seen any fucking shark attack movie... Knows where this is headed. Because the beach is fucking packed. Little girl is going to be on her own. Rubber shark is on its way. But Mama Brody, she's starting to get a weird feeling. Because, I'm telling you, I think she's got a psychic link to the rubber shark. And she can sense that the rubber shark's there. And right on cue, she looks out. And there's the fin of the rubber shark. The rubber shark is here! And it's going straight for the banana boat because it can smell that Brody bloodline. Because this shark, it's out for blood. It's out for Brody blood. But misses the little girl and eats someone's mom that's on the banana boat. And like the fakest looking like shark eating scene ever. It It's a fucking rubber shark and... The actress can't even, like, really properly, like, be scared. It's just like, ah, I'm being eaten. Rubber shark, oh, no. Rubber teeth are on me. Okay, none of that's in the script. She didn't say any of that. But you can see it in her eyes. But luckily, the banana boat... By the way, because I didn't know what a banana boat is, I always assumed it was kind of like a boat. Boat. It's just a fucking inflatable banana with a motor. <laughs> so, actually looks kind of fun. Aside from possibly getting eaten by a rubber shark, I would go on it. So that's the banana boat. The banana boat manages to get back to shore before the rubber shark can eat anyone else. Because I guess it's just taking its time digesting the woman who's not a Brody... So shouldn't the rubber shark, like, chomp on her and go, that's not Brody blood, spit it out, and then go back, like, yeah, little girl. I mean, we've seen earlier the rubber shark avoided eating Mario Van Peebles because he was focused on killing Brody Jr. So why did this time just stop and go, Maybe Rubber Shark is just really hungry this time and be like, um, okay, I could try to go attack the little girl, but, you know, I'm really hungry here, so I'll just take what I can get. I'm sure the little... But thankfully, the banana boat gets back to shore, and everyone's safe, but everyone's scared shitless, and they're all running away from the shark, but... I mean, the rubber shark then just turns around and starts heading back. I'm assuming going to go back looking for Brody Jr.'s ship. Um, so maybe the shark wasn't even really after the little girl. He just needed to eat something to get back his strength before he goes after Brody Jr. But Mama Brody, she's not going to take this lane down. Oh, no. She commandeered a boat. And she is going to fucking chase that rubber shark down. And I'm excited. I don't know why people hate this movie. Because Mama Brody is going to fucking chase that shark. And I think that's kind of awesome. Because you can see the look in her eyes. She is fucking pissed. It's like, no, Mr. Rubber Shark. No more Brody blood will be on your fins. Brody Jr. and Mario Van Peebles are back home. And have somehow completely missed that there was a shark attack and everyone's in fucking shock. Because he comes home, he's like, do 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 and wonders, oh, what's going on? And his wife tells him 
Oh, you know, nothing. Our daughter was fucking attacked by a shark. Where the fuck were you? And he's like, oh no, this is my fault. I knew there was a shark and I thought he left. And Mrs. Brody's all like, you knew, why didn't you tell us? And her anger is completely justified because, no, really, you should have told them. But at the same time, he had a fucking gash on his arm, which has suddenly miraculously cleared up. So I don't know, was that all a dream that he was bleeding his arm? Or what happened? <laughs> I'm crying because this is too much for my brain to take. But his thought jumps straight to, where's mom? Where is my mother? And even though no one tells him that she got on a ship and just fucking sailed off, because I'm not fully sure anyone even knows she got on a ship and sailed off. He knows. Oh, no. She's gone. I must chase after her. So he gathers up Mario Van Peebles, and they're going to go after Mama Brody, who's still on the trail to find the rubber shark. Luckily, they run into Michael Caine, who offers to take them up in his airplane to search the ocean because, you know, they're just going to have like this dingy little motorboat. And they would probably never find her in this giant ocean. So at least with the airplane, they could try to find them. But the rubber shark has found Mama Brody and he's coming after her. But she's just staring that son of a bitch down like, come and get me. Will, but the plane and Michael Caine and everyone sees her. Will they be able to get to her before the shark does? The shark leaps and attacks. But luckily, the plane flies right by and sideswipes him. So he gets distracted just long enough that all he can manage to take a bite off is a piece of the boat. And Michael Caine then lands the plane in the water close enough to the boat. Because he's Michael fucking Kane, and of course he can do some shit like that. And Marvel Van Peebles and Brody Jr. jump out, and they swim over to the ship, and Mama Brody's shirt is all wet, and all I can say is that I see why Michael Kane is all about wanting to hook up. Other than the fact that he's just Michael Kane, and, you know, he's just going to hook up with anyone. But unfortunately... While Mario Van Peebles and Brody Jr. were able to escape, Michael Caine was not so lucky. And Rubber Shark eats him whole and sinks the boat with him or something. I don't know. We don't even really get to see, like, Michael Caine get chomped down, which would have been cool. And now I'm wondering if I should even bother with the last 15 minutes of the movie now that Michael Caine's dead. Like, he's eaten. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a scene that's inside the shark's belly. That would be cool. Man, you know, screenwriters, you are just dropping the ball. I've got so many great ideas. Just a scene inside of the shark's belly of Michael Caine being digested. You know, or getting puked back up. Regurgitated like John Voight in Anaconda. And I'm pretty sure there's a Shark versus Anaconda movie out there. Because Sci-Fi Channel, I think, has, like, pitted every sort of creature against itself. Or against each other. So, but... I'm going to take a moment of silence for Michael Caine, who's been eaten. And now his job on the film is done, and he can go to his beautiful home. And Mama Brody's now all upset because... You know, they brought Michael Caine, and he's dead, but... Oh, joy of joy! Like, I'm fucking excited because Michael Caine is still alive! I... And they don't really explain how he survived the attack, and I don't care! As far as I'm concerned, the shark lo looked at it and said, Oh my god, this is a fucking national treasure, Michael Caine. I cannot eat him. Just, I have my limits. I'm... I just want to, I just want Brody blood. Maybe that's the thing. I, I would accept that also, 
that the shark will only eat people of the Brody bloodline. Except he ate the one woman off the banana boat. I don't know. Maybe she's secretly related to the Brodies in a way that they did not tell us. I don't care. I'm accepting that as canon. Because that's the only way that any of this makes sense. Because this rubber shark wants just the Brody bloodline destroyed. And... But even if Michael Caine was of the Brody bloodline, the shark would be like, I can't do it. I can't eat Michael Caine. I love you, Michael Caine. You are Alfie. I love you. Did he play Alfie? He was in the movie, but was his character Alfie? I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know what other movies Michael Caine has done. He's done this and Hannah and her sisters which I only know because that was the movie he won the Oscar for that he didn't accept in person because he was making Jaws 4. And he made the right choice. And they've got their big plan of putting some sort of explosive inside the rubber shark's belly to blow it up. Which, I mean, you know, it worked for the original Jaws. Why shouldn't it work for Jaws Jr.? But unfortunately, before they could really get their plan... Rubber Shark jumps up and eats Mario Van Peebles, which I think is kind of the precursor, probably the inspiration for that awesome scene in Deep Blue Sea where the shark eats Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but in truth, he actually just eats Mario Van Peebles' stunt double. Because seriously, I don't know if it's the water, but there's an underwater shot of Mario Van Peebles trying to escape from the jaws of the Rubber Shark. And I'm pretty sure it's a white guy. I mean, like I said, it could be the waters, like, reflecting and changing his skin tone. But it looks like it's a white guy. And Mario Van Peebles is most definitely not a white guy. But the shark did swallow the explosive thingamajig. So Brody Jr. does set off the detonator. And as he's doing this, Mama Brody is having a flashback from when Roy Scheider did the same thing to the original Jaws and blew him up. I'm not sure how she's having a flashback, considering she wasn't there when Roy Scheider killed Jaws Sr. But, sure, why not? Um, Rubber Shark gets blown up, and they kind of do it in slow-mo and repeat it a few times, because... I mean, you know, half the budget went to Michael Caine's house and the other half went to blowing up this rubber shark, so they kind of had to milk it. And then it turns out Mario Van Peebles is still alive, which I'm calling bullshit on. I, I can accept Michael Caine surviving because it's Michael fucking Caine, you know. He charmed his way out of Jaws. But Mario Van Peebles, come on. Guy got chomped. Like, he's dead, okay? Then again, like my theory, it was the stunt double that got killed. So, okay. Mario Van Peebles' stunt double was eaten. Mario Van Peebles himself is fine. And so, it's a happy, glorious ending. Michael Caine gets, his, gets a new plane, and everyone's happy. And I think Michael Caine just goes off to bang Mama Brody... I kind of just stopped paying attention at that point. But, yeah, so that was Jaws, The Revenge. Which, honestly, wasn't as bad as its reputation. Which is part of the problem. If it was more bad, it would have been more entertaining. But still, you got Mario Van Peebles' bad Jamaican accent. You got Michael Caine being Michael fucking Caine. And you get a rubber shark. Sometimes that's all you need for a film. Um, I even say this is ahead of its time. It predated all the bad shark movies that Sci-Fi Channel pumps out. So, it's a groundbreaking film. I just wish it was a little cheesier. And that they leaned a little more into this whole psychic link with Mama Brody. And how he was just purely about getting the Brody bloodline. But that does it for another installment. Email me, velvetowl at hotmail.com, or leave a comment if you're 
watching or listening through some system that has a commenting system. And just let me know what you think or if you have any suggestions for a future episode.